Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we've been doing a series, Freedom. Who's been enjoying it? That's freedom. If you've been watching online or um, coming to the building, hope you've been getting right into it the way I have. Today I want to talk about, if, you want to, if you're a note taker and you want to write down a title for my message, you could write Freedom 2.0 or an alternative title is Trust and Obey. Or you can have like a title and a subtitle if you're like a fancy note taker. Are you a fancy note taker? Uh, Exodus 15 verse 1 and 2 is telling a story uh, from the Old Testament about the Israelites being rescued out of Egypt and brought out and set free. Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defence, he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my Father's God and I will exalt him. So this is has been used by Bible scholars for years as a type, as a symbol to represent our modern experience of coming to the point where we decide to follow Jesus. We meet him for the first time. There's some stuff that leads up to it where we get drawn closer and closer and we don't really realise what's happening until the moment arrives where we come face to face with him. We accept him into our heart, into our life and the Bible says we get changed. Everything changes. We get rescued. We get brought out of one place and into another place in that moment in time. And then some cool stuff happens immediately after. This is talking about that, that moment. In Christian Christianese, we call it getting saved, being saved. And that's because saving us out of slavery in Egypt and putting us in a place where, hey, we may still be in the desert, but at least we're free, you know. They, they, they can take away other things, but they can't take away our freedom, right? So, he has become my salvation. At some point in time, every person has a moment where he's not. He's not their salvation. But they reach a point where he becomes their salvation, right? And that kind of, the rescue becomes the whole context for the whole relationship. He's my rescuer, I, I'm the rescued as Pastor Alex said a couple of weeks ago, he is my saviour. He has saved me. Um, so I want to introduce my new friend, Steph, who's going to come up and tell a little bit of her story around this experience. So make her feel welcome, will you? Hello, thank you. Um, so I didn't actually realise that I was on a freedom journey before we started this series and I am just so grateful that our church has chosen this topic in both the main service and for young adults. For those that don't know me, my name is Steph, I am 19 and I grew up in a non-Christian household in Sydney. Today I'll be sharing a little bit about my experience with finding freedom um, as someone who has only just become a Christian recently. On my 16th birthday, I flew home from Canada with my mum and instead of coming home to celebrate, I ended up in a plane accident with an emergency landing in Hawaii. I'd watched my life blow up when I was 10, so I thought I was strong, I could deal with this, I could get through it all, but it turns out I couldn't, only God could. 
A few months after the accident, I was still in 24-7 pain. I couldn't study properly, I couldn't play sport, I couldn't do what I wanted, and I ended up in a pretty dark place. I ended up being diagnosed with severe depression. I was self-harming, I was having regular panic attacks, and I was just so angry and frustrated about being trapped in a broken body. One night after another panic attack, I was lying in bed and I just felt the comfort of God. I immediately texted the one Christian I knew and I asked, how do you become a Christian? (laughs) And soon after, I joined C3 Sydney. That night was one of the last panic attacks I ever had. Within seconds of choosing to follow God, he gave me so much peace, quietened my anxiety, gave me hope and begun to help me learn how to live this new life. I don't think I would still be here if I hadn't found God during that time. And since, I have regularly cried out to God in moments when it's all just too much and God is always there. We live in a world that awards independence, but dealing with this situation myself never got me anywhere. The only thing that has ever worked for me, helped me to deal with this physical and mental trauma from the accident, is giving my life to God and trusting in his great plan. I had also never planned to move to Canberra this year, but I felt God calling me to leave Sydney. I had no idea what I was doing, and the first few months sucked. My pain levels were crazy. The financial anxiety of trying to support myself was immense, and I was so lost. But I continually said to God, I can't do this, but you can. I give this all to you, and I will trust you. Before I left C3 Sid, we had to write down what we were believing for this year. I wrote that I was believing for provision, financial provision, purpose, happiness, and healing. And oh my gosh, had God pulled through. I am the happiest I've ever been since the accident. I found this incredible church family. God has provided so much for me. I no longer have to worry about my finances each week. And I now have the most amazing care team where it's the first time I'm seeing some progress levels in my pain level. Yes, the plane accident sucked, and I still wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I found God through this experience. God doesn't try to harm us, but he gave me the opportunity within my pain to grow deeper in relationship with him, to find more freedom. I've learned that God will meet us where we're at as soon as we cry out to him. No one is ever too far gone, too broken, not Christian enough for him to save us. I fought for so long, but when the world finally broke me, God caught me. He showed himself to me when I needed him most and healed my heart. God's love and peace is the greatest thing that I've ever experienced, and I owe C3 so much for their part in this freedom journey. How good is that? Never underestimate the power of your story, because that's a great story. But we've all got a story, and it's great to be able to tell it. What was it like in the lead up to the moment? What was the moment like? And what happened straight after? How was it different to how it was before? There's power in your testimony. Let's scroll down to Exodus 15, 26. And it says, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So now you're in Freedom's 1.0. Let's call it Freedom 1.0. And God kind of looks after you in a kind of an over-the-top way. 
everything's not necessarily solved, you know. Life hasn't magically become perfect overnight. But God answers your tiniest little prayer and it's really cute. You know what I mean? Some of the older, more mature Christians are going, yeah, that's right. That's what it was like. It's a beautiful phase. You're a baby Christian. Baby. You still think like a slave, even though you're not a slave anymore. And God will work that out. God's got the people out of Egypt, but he's still got a bit of work to do to get the Egypt out of the people. You sound like a toddler when you talk to God. The helpless, asking the helper for help. You know, that's, a, that's this phase. These are the roles, and it's okay for a while. He meets us where we're at. He makes this whole nation of millions of people completely disease-free while they travel through the desert. The journey's supposed to take eight days, but something goes wrong and it ends up taking 40 years. But if I said to you, I offer you one year, no disease, no illness, is that mind-blowing? Guaranteed, no COVID, no head cold, no sore finger, nothing, a year. How wild is that idea? How about 40 years? That's what God did for these people in Freedom 1.0. They were wandering around in the wilderness, whinging like toddlers, and he kept them disease-free for 40 years. You've got to be kidding me. But that's what that phase is like. And in a, you know, look, we're not, we're immature. So this is not a phase when you've just come to faith in Christ, where you are learning to stand on your own feet, stand on the promises of God and refuse to budge no matter what's coming against you. It's not, it's not like that. It's different and it's okay. And in a way, God wants this season to become a memorial. We build a pile of rocks and we say, it is a memorial. I remember that time that time of my first love, that time of the, when the salvation happened and I look back at it and it becomes my true north. I point back at it and say, that's right, God rescued me and I need him. And if you missed my message four weeks ago, go look it up on YouTube and watch it because you know, it's crucial for us not to get too big for our boots and we can't if we always remind ourselves of this rescue and this season. So it's really important time to go through. Let's look at Joshua 1, verse 1 to 8. Strap in for a little bit of lots of verses in a row. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, not son of nobody, son of Nun, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. After a while, now everybody's while's different. You know, your while might be different than my while. God knows everything and it, he knows when it's been enough time. But after a while... It's time to step up to the challenge of freedom 2.0. God allows us to be a baby for a while, but not for too long. When time's up, you start to feel a little bit of pressure to grow up. 
In the New Testament, Paul refers it to growing up from milk to needing solid food. It's a different life phase. You wouldn't have breast milk from your mum when you're six years old, seven, eight, nine. How old do I have to go till everyone's feeling uncomfortable? You know what I mean? You've got to grow up. There's no choice. It's got to happen at some point. God knows when the right time is for different people. And at the right time, it's time. So, I'm going to ask my other friend, Kate, to come up and tell us a little bit of her story about moving into new freedom steps. Yeah, make her feel welcome. Thank you. Um, So, I grew up in church and knowing of God. And then when I was 13, I made the decision uh, to follow Christ. However, it wasn't until earlier this year that I learned what true freedom in God is. I'd never heard of spiritual authority before and especially didn't know it was something I had. I had no idea that there was a spiritual battle going on and how much God was fighting for me. Before beginning my freedom journey, I was trapped by my past experiences, particularly words that had been spoken over me. I had not realised the impact on my life they had until I learnt that life was actually not meant to be the way I was living it. It wasn't meant to be that hard to keep going each day. I had forgotten my true identity and instead it was replaced by what others had said about me. It left me feeling completely hopeless, overwhelmed and lost. I felt unlovable and that I could never belong. I could not see how God could have a use for my life. While I was a Christian, I was overcome by doubt and I lost what it actually meant to be a child of God. I didn't truly know God and his love for me. God, though, never left me and was always fighting for me to reach out so that I could experience his true character and find out who I am in him. God was able to show up in a pretty big way for me, giving me freedom and completely transforming my life. Doing the freedom course, he began working in me and opened me up so that on a Friday night when I was so broken and ready to give up, I trusted him and overnight he changed my life and opened up my eyes. Trusting God and stepping into the freedom that he has planned for me has been incredible and I never want to turn away from it. An important part of my freedom journey was being filled with the Holy Spirit and gaining my own language and tongues. I can go deeper in my prayers and truly give my heart to God without needing the words to say to him. It fills me with his power. For me, living in God's freedom means knowing that in him I am loved, I belong and I am enough. It is knowing that he has a purpose for me and my life and that no matter what happens, he is always with me. It is finding my identity in him and who he says I am. Freedom has given me a new perspective on life and changed my priorities to what is actually important and what God has called me to. I have a deeper relationship with him and a desire to keep learning more about who he is. I get to live in joy, hope and love that he blesses me with every single day. Freedom is life-changing. It will transform you in incredible ways. Even if you are already a Christian, God can still take you deeper and further. I praise God because it's only because of him that I'm standing here today. I thank him for showing me how much better a life of freedom is. My freedom journey is only just beginning. God is still continuing to show me more areas that he wants to work in, And that is so exciting because the opportunities he has for me going forward are endless. Thank you. Who loves hearing other people's voices? 
So back to the story we were talking about in the Bible and using it as a, like a template to compare our own journey to. Uh, remember that what God had in mind was the people's next phase of freedom would come after about eight days, that it didn't actually come for 40 years. And our obedience and trust unlocks it. Our unwillingness to obey God and step out in faith blocks it. That's exactly what happened. If you want to read all the details of the story, book of Exodus, be my guest. It's quite long. When God implants some dreams and visions and some purpose that's off in the future, this is where things are going to head. This is where you're going to end up somehow. Um, We can look at it and think, that's too big for us. Nah, that's too big for me. We can't do that. How are we going to do that? I want all the details before I budge one inch. And God goes, hang on, who's God here again? Look at the potential opposition we're going to face. Look at them. They're huge. We can talk ourselves out of applying for that job. We can believe that we'll never win that promotion or start that business. We become like grasshoppers in our own eyes, just like what happened to these guys. They sent some spies in there. They found out there were giants in the land. And when they came back, something had changed on the inside of them. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Believing the devil's fake news. Let's call it that. When we have no trust, we won't obey. Simple. It all boils down to trust. That's why the subtitle is Trust and Obey. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Another another translation says, changing the way you think. So part of Freedom 2.0 is God wants to mess with your mind. Oh yeah, you bet he does. He wants to change some of the really unhelpful ways we think into more positive and productive ways of thinking. Not necessarily just individual thoughts, but the way you think, the way you approach thinking. And he's going to use the promised land to do it. All the giants we encounter... All the challenges we step into, trusting in Him in simple obedience. Everyone will present opportunities for us to be transformed by changing the way we think. It doesn't say in that verse that our thinking is transformed. It says the way we think changes and we are transformed. So people look at you and go, dude, you've changed. Like you're like different. Like really different. Like in a good way. You know, like more positive, more peaceful, like stronger or something. There's something different about you. Noticeable transformation just by changing the way you think. That can happen by letting God show you how you're thinking that's not working. Like sometimes you don't know because you just do it on autopilot. Letting him show you this is how you're thinking and it's not functional. That's not working. And confronting it with how God thinks. He'll he'll show you that too. This is how I think. And then rejecting our learned, unhelpful patterns and accepting God thoughts. 
the best one to start with, if you want somewhere to start, who wants somewhere to start? The best one to start with is the I can't lie. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. Reject that. God says you can. God says you can. Everybody repeat this after me. It's safe. It's in the Bible. It's true. So you can repeat it, all right? And it'll be a good thing to say. You ready? Are you ready? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's really good. Let's do it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says you can do all things. So I can't appears to be a lie. Mm, Interesting. Will you, for example, come up the front for prayer at the end of the service when God prompts you to? For some people, it's no big deal. For other people, I'm not going up there. Why not? Because there's a little voice in your head saying, everyone's going to be looking at you and they're going to wonder why you're going up for prayer. You know, but like, don't we all need prayer? Pretty much all the time. So who cares? Will you step into a volunteer role that maybe even represents one of your big challenges as a person when God prompts you to? Devil's going to give you fake news. You can't do that. That's too difficult for you. You're not a neat fit for that role. You know, we had a woman in our church a long time ago who personality-wise wasn't really suited to being part of the welcome team. Very shy very reserved person. She said, I think God's telling me to join the welcome team. And I said, okay. And she said, you know, I I think it'll be good for me. And I said, I think you're right. Yes, it will be good for you. And if God's telling you to do it, it's okay. Trust him and just do it. She went way out of her comfort zone and fast grew as a result of putting herself out there to become one of our best team members like the most effective person having great conversations with strangers interpersonally interacting in a way that was miraculous compared to how she was before and you know but just being effective at that role of helping people to feel like they could belong at our church and connecting them with other people who are like-minded and helping them to find a group and making sure we got their details and passed them on to the right person so that all that could happen and she was just so effective that eventually I said hey would you like to lead the team Our leader is leaving and we need someone to lead the team. Do you reckon you could do that? And she went once again, way outside my comfort zone. But yeah, yeah, I reckon I could, I think that would be good for me. I said, I think you might be right. And she flourished. She was the best team leader. My goodness, she was awesome. She had to move into state, sadly. So she's not part of our church anymore, but she's, I'm sure, doing incredible things somewhere else. But the point is, trust, step, get changed and transformed. Be afraid, don't trust, don't step, stay exactly how you are. Selah. (laughs) Maybe God is prompting you to be on the welcome team or lead a group or join our kids' church team, or our cafe team, or go hide in that cupboard back there. Good on you guys. Love your work. There are people who are invisible back there, and they are doing service production, and screens, and cameras, and making everything function. 
There's people back there on the sound desk. You don't see them very often, but if you just turn around, you'd see them. But you'd never see the people in the cupboard, but they are serving in the house, doing roles, learning skills, doing stuff. Every team in the church needs new people now. So don't die wondering. Don't go, oh, I'm not sure if anybody needs anybody. No, 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 we do. So just if you think that might be you, go find someone in the team, talk to them, ask them how to get involved, and you can be trust, step, grow. Yeah. What a great message, Stu. You are doing so well. I'll just encourage myself. Uh, Yeah, good. Here's one. Will you ask for and be open to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Total control given over to the Spirit of God. Do whatever you like. Make me look like an idiot. I don't care. I am giving you total access and total control. And you know, because it says it in the Bible and you've seen it happen so many times, you know for a fact what's going to happen next is you're going to be babbling some gobbledygook. It's going to be an unlearned spiritual language. No one ever taught it to you. Nobody else understands it. You don't even understand it. And it looks weird. Well, it is weird, but it's so good. Weird but good. And hundreds of millions of Christians do it every day. So don't think you'd be out there all by yourself being a weirdo. When my dad got baptized in and filled with the Holy Spirit, he got set free from a nicotine addiction that day. He didn't want it anymore. He didn't need it anymore. He chucked it all in the bin and has never done it since. And that was 60 years ago. And we have got a serious problem with addiction in this city. Not nicotine. There's a smorgasbord of addictions to choose from. But it's strangling our society. And we need to take it seriously and address it. And we think addiction's too big, Stu. That's a giant in the promised land that I can't take on. It's too big. Not true. Not true. If it happened for my dad, it can happen for other people too. Freedom 2.0 could look like getting set free from your addiction. God says... If you're wrestling with an addiction today, God says this to you. Be strong and courageous. Obey me because you trust me. And I will give you every place that you set your foot. These giants will be like bread for you. If you read the story, all these things I'm saying will make more sense because it's all in there. These giants will be like bread for you. You will overcome, you will endure, as long as you've got over your trust issues and got the guts to step up and say, I am not going to stay here living in the desert. I'm going over there into Freedom 2.0. And finally, will you sign up for Freedom Group here at our church? You've heard from Louise that there are places available for a men's one that's just about to kick off, but they also roll around and happen regularly. So the next time one rolls around, will you sign up for a freedom group? I could trot out 20, 30, 40 people across this stage and say, hey, tell your story, tell your story. And they would all tell you something slightly different with the specific details of what God helped them with and set them free from as a part of being in the freedom group. It is an incredible process 
that, is, that steers you to freedom. It's wild the way it works and fantastic, as you've heard from listening to Kate talk about that. I've heard people talk about how they now think differently because of doing Freedom Group, how they now respond differently to things and situations and people because of being in Freedom Group. I don't know why I was doing that knee-jerk response before, but I just don't do it anymore and it's fantastic. I feel so free. How links and bonds and ties to their past have just been cut and they no longer have the same power to trigger them or affect them anymore. Freedom Group, Freedom 2.0, directly linked. Maybe you're here today and you haven't even reached Freedom 1.0. You heard me talk about it before. You know exactly what I mean. There has been some stuff leading up to now to this point and you feel that now, now is the moment for you to accept Jesus Christ for the first time. If that is you or if you're watching online, the way we do that in our church is we all say a prayer out loud together and all you do is blend in with the crowd and say it with us, but say it from your heart and in that moment you're changed forever. Everything changes. That's freedom 1.0. So let's do that, church. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry for living without you. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to live with you the rest of my days. I thank you that today I am saved. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.